at the stars Look how they shine for you And everything you do They were all I came along, I wrote a song for you And all the things you do And it was called yellow So then I took my turn Oh, what a thing to have done And it was all yellow Skin, oh yeah, your skin and bones turning to something beautiful. You know, you know I love you so. You know I love you so. I swam across, I jumped across for you Oh, what a thing to do Cause you were all yellow I drew a line, drew a line for you That's New York City singer-songwriter Emily Muir with her version of Coldplay's Yellow from her six-track EP of reimagined cover songs, Sad Songs and Waltzes. Now, after releasing three albums of original contemporary folk music, 
The new EP represents an opportunity for Emily to shine a light on some of her influences. And to learn more about the music of Emily Muir and those influences, we're pleased to welcome her to Folk Roots Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Jan. It's my pleasure. I got to say, I love this EP. I, I love it because I feel like we get to learn more about you through these songs that you've picked. And, you know, what I love is you send out some notes with the, the press release that came out about why you love the songs and how you recorded them. And obviously that's what we're going to talk about just now. But I really like the fact that it's clear that these songs mean a lot to you. Yes, they do. Um, and I think a lot of these songs were ones that I kind of grew up listening to and by bands that really influenced not just my music making, but just, you know, were kind of the soundtrack for my, especially my teenage years. <laughs> a lot of these songs I've been listening to for quite a while and have been playing for a while as well. So we started off with your version of Cold Plays Yellow. Now, I got to be honest, I don't think I play much Coldplay on Folk Roots Radio. <laughs> Not that they haven't made some wonderful music. When I do play anything like this, it's usually somebody else's version. And you've got a beautiful version of Yellow on this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's funny. This is from their first album, um, Parachutes. And um, I, I wasn't a huge Coldplay fan, but I was and still am a, a fan of that record. And they actually were the first live show outside of the classical genre that I went to see um, as a teenager. It, it was kind of a special album for me. Um, and Coldplay has a special place in my heart just because that was my first experience with a live kind of rock show. Uh, and this song was one that I haven't been playing for a long time. Uh, but I started playing it not so long before I started recording the EP and just kind of fell back in love with it and really wanted to recreate it in a, in a, a very different way from its original version. Um, a lot more mellow <laughs> and, uh, you know, but simple, a simpler version. Well, I, you know, I think mellow is actually, I think one of the things I love about your music because you have a way of drawing people in as you sing that that really puts a, I don't know I find I, it puts me at ease just to to listen you know whether you're singing one of your songs or or you know as you are here singing a, a version of someone else's the interesting yeah. thing is though I didn't realize that you actually started out as a classically trained player and I think you're actually an oboist is that right That's right yeah so my my uh background is in classical oboe I went to uh, junior high school, high school, and college all for oboe. That was my uh, specialization. And um, I have a bachelor of music and performance. Uh, so that, that's, that's been a big part of my musical upbringing. I didn't really start playing folk music um, or writing songs or playing guitar until, you know, just kind of getting into college uh, where I really started to kind of move away from classical music but I think that the, you know, the oboe playing in the classical genre has kind of seeped into a lot of my music and especially some of my arrangements on my songs. And I do have on, on some of my original albums, I have some oboe playing, some of it's mine, some of it's friends who have, who have hired. But it is a very special instrument to me. And, 
yeah, classical music is is something that I've it's been a long you know passion of mine. Once I started playing guitar and writing songs, one of my favorite things ended up being getting into the studio so I could kind of merge those two passions of mine, folk music and classical music. So does that mean that when you, you know, are getting ready to go into the studio, I mean, the fact that you're comfortable arranging and, and thinking about all of the different instruments you've been exposed to in your life, you actually want to get all that together and then you know, try and make sure that when you go in, you have all the pieces and something that's really important to you. It's pretty important to me. Um, I would say for, for all of my projects so far, it's been uh, a combination of, of having these parts written out very strategically um, in advance. Yellow was an exception, you know, and, and definitely something I do as well, where I just go into the studio and kind of let things happen. <laughs> um, and I don't have too much you know, of an idea in advance of what I want the arrangement to be. But another song, uh, No Surprises, uh, by Radiohead is one where I wrote out that arrangement in advance and had rehearsed it with very specific instrumentation and had all the parts and my musicians were reading sheet music. Um, so that one was, uh, you know, very meticulously planned out in advance for and then other songs, I have, you know, ideas for instrumentation, but I don't necessarily write the parts out. So I definitely have a combination of arrangements that are that are specific and then sort of more general ideas for instrumentation going into the studio. You mentioned Radiohead. We're actually going to play No Surprises just now. But before we get there, I just wanted to let people know the other people that are on this album there are the Shins, there are Wilco, and the Cranberries. Beautiful songs from all those people. Now, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to play any of those today because actually we've already played them on Folk Roots Radio. So we're dipping into the other three tracks on the album today. Now, the interesting thing about Radiohead's No Surprises, and I guess gets getting back to your uh, you know, you're training in classical music is I think there's an English horn and a cello on this, aren't there? That's correct. Yeah. And um, when I first started playing this song, uh, which was maybe five or six years ago now, I was touring with a trio sometimes. So it was me on guitar and voice and I had a cello, a cellist, and I had an English horn player who also played oboe. And when I decided to do the song, I actually wrote the part specifically for these two instruments. And my idea was taking, you know, what was already arranged by Radiohead and really kind of taking that arrangement and verbatim kind of reassigning them to different instruments. So initially it was just a trio, uh, the three of us uh, and me playing guitar and in the studio, I kind of wanted to fill it out and, and add some of the parts that I hadn't been able to put into the trio. So I added bass and also piano just to kind of fill it out a bit more. But this song is more or less Radiohead's arrangement, uh, just with very different instruments. <laughs> I, I'm curious as to, you, th I think this is a song that you've played a lot over the years. I'm curious as to what the audience reaction is when you play this. In general, the audience reaction is is uh, is very good. You know, um, I always am, am very excited to see people who are not familiar with Radiohead um, hear this song, especially because it is so different from the version. You know, um, so it's kind of exciting to see their their response. 
but this is definitely, this was the hardest song on the record and probably the one I put the most time into because I just over the years have changed the arrangement, gone back to things, reworked it. And when I added in the bass and piano parts, I had to kind of create some space for them. But playing it live, you know, just in my last two shows, I actually recreated the, the, the exact arrangement in its entirety. And it's pretty epic, you know, <laughs> um, just, just compared to my other, you know, music, which is a, a little simpler. This is a very, you know, uh, complicated arrangement. Um, and the English horn, especially, it's, it's not a quiet instrument, <laughs> you know, so it really fills a space. And sometimes we don't even need to mic it because it just is such a distinct sound so often we're really miking the cello and bass a bit more and just kind of letting the English horn come out, uh, depending on the hall. But people are always kind of surprised by the instrument itself. And uh, many people have, you know, are, are unfamiliar with it or have never even heard it live. Or uh, So it's really fun to, to kind of expose people to, to the English horn. Let's listen to that just now. This is Emily Muir with her version of Radiohead's No Surprises from her wonderful new EP of reimagined cover songs, sad songs and waltzes. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. job that slowly kills you, bruises that won't heal. You look so tired, unhappy, bring down the cover. Please 
That's Emily Muir with her version of Radiohead's No Surprises. It's from her new EP, which is all cover versions, reimagined entitled Sad Songs and Waltzes. Emily Muir is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about the album. Now, when you decided to do this project, was it as a, like a little bit of a place filler? You know, you've got, what, three albums of original music. Was that the intent when you decided to put this together? Sort of. I think, you know, it's it's something that I've really loved doing for a long time is reimagining covers. And I've actually done it on my past records. I had uh, Cakes Mexico on my last, uh, well, two, two albums ago. And then on my recent one, Worth, I did a David Bowie song, As the World Falls Down. Uh, so it's it's actually been a project I've wanted to do for a long time, but also I wasn't quite ready to go back into the studio and record a bunch of original songs. So in that sense, it it was a bit of a um, a filler, uh, but one that I've that I you know was very very excited to do. And one of the hardest things was to narrow down <laughs> the choices um, because there's a, at least 20 songs I was hoping to put on the EP, but maybe there will be a follow-up someday. <laughs> well, that that's what I was kind of wondering because you, you have done a wonderful job with it. And I have to say, I mean, you know, six tracks on the album. We're playing three today. We've already played three on the show over the, the last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you do a lovely job with it. How many actual covers would you play in a typical show? Well, generally, not many. I mean, I, you know, with this EP and with uh, my, my, my release shows, it's been more because I'm promoting this record. But usually, you know, anywhere from one to three at most, but often just one or two. Because of this project, you know, I've been kind of splitting my set so that half are covers and half are originals. You know, I never really did the the cover the cover shows, you know, I was never the <laughs> the musician that that just went in and played a bunch of covers. Although honestly, that sounds really fun <laughs> to do. But yeah, so I think with this, with the, my latest release shows, it's been kind of fun because it's it's a totally different show, you know, playing these these songs that are, you know, that are not mine. But it certainly hasn't been the norm. No, I like you do a great job, and I got to say, you know, the word I like the best is the reimagined because. One of the things I really don't like is when people do covers that really almost sound like they're just another version of whatever the original artist did. Uh, you know, you really make an effort to to take them other places. And I think that's really important. Thank you. Yeah. And that was that was very important to me as well. You know, I wouldn't say that these six artists are my absolute favorite artists ever. And they're not, um, you know, there are plenty of other artists that, I could put on this list that maybe, you know, I even listened to more, but for me, I wanted it to meet some criteria and, but the, the most important one for me was, can I approach uh, this song or the song by this artist in a, in a, a different way, you know, cause there's nothing wrong with playing a song and just kind of honoring its original version and playing it the way that the artist or trying to play it the way the artist did it, but for me, there was no point in recording a song that way, you know. So I really wanted to pick songs that I I I, I was inspired and and excited to uh, do differently. So that was my main main criteria when thinking of songs to do for the CP. No, it's a certainly a wonderful album, and I'm so pleased that you were able to spend time with us today. But 
Wonder what happens next. Are you working on a new album of original material? I'm always working on something. Yeah, it's funny. You know, um, I was hoping to give myself a little bit of a break, uh, just in the sense of, you know, writing a few more songs. I've got I've got some original songs and I'm starting to write some more. Uh, but it's amazing. Just two weeks after the release, I'm already finding myself uh, brainstorming uh, new EP titles and new album <laughs> ideas. So, uh, but right now, you know, I'm really focusing on on songwriting and planning shows for 2020. Um, you know, I tour a bunch in the Northeast uh, in the U.S. and I, uh, you know, the Midwest and Southeast. I hope to come back up to Canada. Uh, so I'm sort of in the planning phases right now, but also allowing myself time to develop some of my songs that I've been working on. But I would I would assume that, you know, I hope to get back into the studio, perhaps in 2020 for for something, whether it's a single or an EP or the start of a record. Oh, it sounds exciting. What can people expect if they come to an Emily Muir show? Well, I think, you know, that's a, a good question. And I think what you were saying before about, you know, feeling, you know, I don't know what your exact words were, were, but my songs are certainly mellow. You know, a lot of my arrangements, again, are very specific. Um, so sometimes you'll see some cello. Um, often I have an accompaniment with guitarist or cellist or bass player, but they're mellow folk songs people walk away saying that they feel uh, relaxed and at ease. <laughs> so, you know, and that's why I'm, I make music um, is so I can feel more relaxed and at ease. So um, I hope that from my audience as well. Well, we certainly love your music and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you come up with next. Thank you so much, Jan. We have one thing left to do and that's pick the final song. I mentioned before that six tracks on the album, played three before we did this interview. We are playing the other three today. That would leave us to play the title track, which is a little bit of Willie Nelson. Yes. Tell us a little bit about this and why you chose it. I just love this song. Willie Nelson is just a phenomenal songwriter and artist, uh, and he manages to say such um, you know profound things in a simplistic way with not a lot of you know, uh, doesn't need, doesn't need a lot of chords to, <laughs> to get the point across or even a lot of words. And, um, you know, I just think this song was one of the ones I was most excited to do. It's funny. It's, uh, it's sweet and, uh, it's very simple. It's just, you know, my version is just me playing guitar, singing, and then, uh, upright bass player. You know, and when I was thinking of, titles for the EP, I kept coming back to sad songs and waltzes because I really am a fan of, of both of those things, you know, so especially waltzes, it's sometimes hard for me not to write a waltz. So yeah, I wanted to kind of honor his songwriting and, and he's one of the greats. It's a lovely way to finish off. It's a great song. This is Emily Muir with her version of Willie Nelson's Sad Songs and Waltzes, the title track from her new EP of reimagined cover versions. And Emily, just wanted to say thank you again for spending time to talk to us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jan. It was a pleasure talking with you. I'm writing a song all about you. A true song as real as my tears. But there's no need to fear it, because no one will hear it. 
Cause sad songs and waltzes aren't selling this year Oh, I'll tell all about how you cheated I would like the whole world to hear Oh, I'd like to get even with you cause you're leaving But sad songs and waltzes aren't selling this year It's a good thing that I am not a star You don't know how lucky you are Though my record may say it No one will play it Cause sad songs and waltzes Aren't selling this year Aren't selling this year